Hello and welcome to the Artisan Traveller podcast. My guest today is a comedian who has recently finished a gruelling tour of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. With his show So What, he's now back to touring around the UK. You can catch his hilarious anecdotes, most likely at a venue near you. He is Matt Bragg. So Matt, Edinburgh has been and gone. How was it for you? Uh, it was good, thanks, mate. Yeah, I don't know. Grueling's probably an overstatement. <laughs> <laughs> it was long. Um, and it was, I mean, it was, it was me and Mark Rowe doing the, a split bill on that, so it was only half an hour each. But it was really good. It was the first time I've done it. And, yeah, I was really pleased with it. it was, there wasn't a lot of pressure on, which was nice, because it wasn't my own hour or anything like that. So it was just... It was basically, it was nice to just go and get drunk with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> when in Scotland, eh? <laughs> uh, I mean, it was quite a good idea doing it between the two of you, obviously, for the cost um, perspective, you know, an hour show between two of you. There's the fees that are charged to performers at Edinburgh are just astronomical, aren't they? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it depends what you want from it, really. Because if you are looking to get awards and get, you, you've got to put, thousands of pounds into like PR and having the right room which costs thousands of pounds having the right people backing it costs thousands of pounds but if you you know we did the free fringe and it was two of us doing half an hour each with accommodation and the venue and all that it was probably like I don't know 1600 quid and then you make a bit of that back on the bucket split and it's all we wanted to do from it was just to turn over some material and just get stage time so it was perfect. It, it didn't break the bank particularly. So yeah, I'd recommend it, sort of, especially first time. It's a good way to do it, definitely. Of course, it was your your first fringe as well. Um, what would you? What would a typical day be like at the fringe for you? How would say from the morning through to after you finish the show in the evening? What would that be like? Uh, well, usually, I mean, we had quite a lot of cricket on, which was good. Uh, and on sat- Saturdays were the best days because we'd have football throughout the day as well, which helped make the time go. Because weirdly, the time drags. <laughs> like, if you're doing the same thing every day. But we'd get up, I'd get up maybe about 10 o'clock and then go around to the little corner shop. And I started eating a lot of tabbouleh. Have you ever eaten tabbouleh before? I don't think I actually have. That's the Moroccan stuff, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, I don't know what it is. But <laughs> you can get it in, like, this little co-op shop. That It was about a quid for a pot of tabbouleh. Um, I'd eat one of those <laughs> with uh, probably a bag of crisps. And then, because we had that show in the afternoon, that sort of made you get up, which was good. Because then it would be maybe a 40-minute walk from the flat to the venue. And then you'd have to stand outside the venue just trying to pull people in, which was absolutely soul-destroying. And I don't if anyone's seen my act, it's really... I'm not a high-energy... Like I can't sell myself, let alone like a, sh- a whole show. It would so that was horrible. Um, but yeah, do that, do that show. Pop back to the flat, have a little sleep, and then I did the big value showcase for Just the Tonic in the evening at half seven every night. So I'd have a quick sleep at home, go and do that one, and then most nights go out for a drink afterwards, and then some nights it would end up coming back in at like five six o'clock the next day or some nights we just go back and just play cards it was good that sounds like a real uh, rock and roll style tabbouleh and crisps tabbouleh and crisps yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow i remember when i when i came to watch you and mark um in edinburgh it was pouring down with rain um mark was soaked outside doing the flyering 
Uh, and I just thought to myself, this is quite a regular day in Scotland. You know, you guys have got to do this for the whole month. How do you stay motivated to, to do show after show with the elements and everything else involved? How, how do you stay motivated to do the whole month? Um, well, the biggest thing is, and the, I, this is the best advice I can give for stuff like that. Um, and basically, you need to do a show with someone like Mark. And then when it chucks it down, rather than you going and standing outside, he can do it. And then you can just stay dry. <laughs> to be fair, I said to him on that, that, I remember that day, and I was like, mate, just don't stand outside. Because he, he looked like a drowned rat. And you just think, I, I couldn't do a show like that. Just come and sit inside. And, but, it, but God bless him, he didn't. He did a great job, and he got people in. But I, I have to say, I did find it hard. You, you'll get more out of Mark with that question because I found it really hard to stay motivated and if I didn't have Mark there I am uh, we only pulled one show in that entire run and I considering I know a lot of other shows ended up pulling quite a few and so, so it was amazing to have shows on most days but if Mark wasn't there I think the cancel rate would have been I'd have probably pulled nine or ten because I if we had quite a few when there was like seven or eight people in there and I, I find that so difficult. It just really hurts my feelings. Because <laughs> obviously you've got um, you know new material to get in as well, potentially, um, in addition to your the set that you've already planned and prepared for the actual show itself. Uh, when I was in there, there was a couple of guys on the front row who looked, as soon as I saw them, I thought, these guys look like trouble. They might disrupt the show, potentially. How do you deal with hecklers? I know you don't get too many in the shows that you do, but how is it, how do you kind of how do you deal with hecklers in general? Um, you well, I always worry about this. Like I've got an irrational fear of hecklers, and it always like before the weekend I had some bigger gigs, and I was I was scared before it, but not because of the performance or the rest of the audience or the material. But in my head, I was like, well, what if somebody shouts something out? Because I hate that. Because it, it, I find it in my character, it's really hard to to sort of be aggressive or, and it, but I've, I've found ways to deal with it now, but really over 56 shows or whatever it was in Edinburgh, I had one heckle in that entire time, like one actual heckle where like a guy called me gay. And you just think, well, like, you can bet with something like that, you just sort of chuck them the rope and they'll hang themselves with that. Cause you can't go around calling people gay. Just use the audience. Yeah. So, it's, it is really, it's an irrational thing. And when you really average it out, to get one heckle in 56 shows, you think, well, really, it's... I mean, I know it's an arts, it's an artsy, middle-class crowd, but there was... I mean, that guy was in a stag do on a Saturday night in the evening. But generally, I mean, the chances of you getting heckled are really quite slim, I think. And then if you... I, I just sort of try and, you know, just have a shut up. I think Mark really sort of diffused the situation because he said, look, you know, we're coming to an interval now or a break, you know, he was coming to the end of his set, they were starting to play up a little bit, and, um, you know, he handled that really well. It's it's said in sort of previous years, like the 70s and the 80s, comedians like, for example, Les Dawson, Bernard Manning, would use aggression against the audience as a defence mechanism. Do you find now that it's easier to take the gentle approach and almost sort of befriend them rather than get aggressive with them and potentially lose the crowd? I think so, yeah. I mean, but I mean, in the seventies and eighties, I think that was you had to because it was so, like, it was so much more aggressive then. 
like, my dad was a comedian in the 70s and 80s, and he said the happiest day of his life was when the smoking ban was brought in because it meant people couldn't throw ashtrays anymore. <laughs> and, I, and he had that in working men's clubs in the 70s. And there's only, if people are chucking stuff at you, you can't be like, oh, come on, mate, you know, how, what, what have you been up to tonight? You've got to really go at them, otherwise people are going to start throwing chairs. So, but for me, I, def- I always, I try and just stay calm, acknowledge it, and then just try and move on. And if they do it again, then maybe go a little bit more with them. And then if they really, really, I've, I've really lost my rag maybe once or twice. But like really lost it. And I felt my, you know when you get really angry and you feel that, I don't know if you, you have this, but it, I get, I can get really angry and I get this sort of lightheadedness. <laughs> and it's, I think it's like the whole red mist thing, but I get really lightheaded and I'm suddenly not in control of anything anymore. And I'll just call somebody something horrific and then suddenly realise I was on stage and be like, oh, and obviously then everybody hates you. So you can't, yeah. It's like an out-of-body experience kind of thing. It, it genuinely, yeah, yeah, it's literally like that. But I've, because I've, I've got, or I had quite a bad temper, and I've tried really hard <laughs> to kind of work on that because that you have to. I think you've got to stay cool with it, and particularly if you've got a character like mine. If you've got an aggressive character that's like drinking and swearing, then that's perfect. You know, you can go and shout at people and tell them to fuck off. But, but with me, if I did that, people would totally lose faith in me because they think well he's left the act because he's rattled by this guy so I've really worked on just being able to just stay calm now and just try and try and talk it through (laughs) (laughs) so that kind of brings me on nicely to my next question is uh, how did you begin in comedy you mentioned of course your dad was a a stand-up comedian was it a case of just following in his footsteps Uh, pretty much yeah yeah I watched him for obviously years and years and years and then it, we lost him about three years ago now, and it was kind of at that point where I sort of I'd been doing a little bit here and there, you know, like one gig every two months, and just sort of dipping my toe in. And it was at that point where I was really like, right, okay, I need to either do this now or just sack it off. And that was the point where I fully sort of committed to it and and started gigging regularly and really working at it. And so yeah, I, that's it's basically just growing up, being around it, and I think that gives you a like a sort of natural head start on a few people because you've been you understand even if sub, like consciously you don't realize it subconsciously you you know in your head the theory behind how some jokes work and how to deliver some jokes and so yeah it just it just seemed like a natural thing to do and did a couple really enjoyed it and then when you I think when you start gigging and you start doing better more than you're dying then you really start to enjoy it and think, well, that's, I just want to do that now. So that's pretty much where I'm at now. That's brilliant. So you are um, extensively at the moment uh, traveling the UK for your gigs and uh, uh, to expand, obviously, on, on the Edinburgh experience. Um, what gigs have you got coming up and which gigs are you looking forward to that are coming up? Uh, I've got a few. Where am I? This, this week, I'm in Thirsk in North Yorkshire. Tomorrow. I don't, when does this go out, is it? It'd probably be about the end of the week, so we're recording this um, currently at the Canal House in Nottingham. Uh, it is a Tuesday, so chances are it'll be about a Thursday, Friday, or whenever I could be bothered to upload the podcast to YouTube. <laughs> okay, so if it's Thursday tonight, I've got a night off on Thursday now, haven't I, because it got pulled. So Friday, Bradford-on-Avon. I can't remember what the venue is. <laughs> Saturday, I'm in Worcester, but I think that's a private thing. It's with the, the Masons. 
which are they, that's like the sort of that's Masonic. Yeah, that sounds like it could be a, t a tough gig, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, they specifically told me not to swear. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I don't know how that's... Almost makes you want to. Yeah, massively. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, I will see. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it might be a bit of a weird one. But then, uh, yeah, I don't, I've got... I can't really think off the top of my head. I've just got nice... It's got a few nice club gigs. I mean, chances are, if you've got a comedy club near where you are, I'll probably be sending begging emails to people, and I might see you there at some point. And if if, if you, you don't see me cropping up there, by all means, go and say, why haven't you got Matt Bragg on? Why? Why indeed? Yeah. Get him on. Well, the chances are you might just turn up unannounced. I might do, yeah. And remember that I have got a temper, so... <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> um, so, obviously, you're gigging extensively. Um, you must get, I mean, spare time must be at a premium for you. Like, how do you spend your spare time away from comedy? Do you, is it like a, is it like an impulse where you have to carry on writing, you don't switch off from it, or can you switch off from it and just relax, chill out, and spend some time away from, from gigging? Um, I, I can't switch off from it fully. Like, I've, I've tried to do it, but I think that's a good thing because you just get into, like, when I go to sleep at night, I can't not think about bits and I think that, that happens to everybody when I think when you just you're doing it so much because I've, I've always found that when I go to sleep that's the time when my brain is most active I think I'm more of a night person than a day person like I'll find it much easier to get work done post like 9 p.m. than I would in an afternoon but I, I, yeah I, I enjoy writing and I enjoy writing jokes and thinking about what I can do with it so I it's, I enjoy in the daytimes just sitting around doing that. And then if I've got, you know, wherever I've got gigs in the evening, I'll try and find places on the way to sort of go. And like, I'm a massive nerd. Like, I love history, history and like World War One, World War Two. So last week I, I went to, I went to the Staffordshire Regiment Museum. I went to York Army Museum and I went to the Imperial War Museum in Manchester, and it's a great week. So I try and do that on my way to gigs, and it just sort of breaks up, you know, breaks up the drive, and it's sort of something, it doesn't feel like a wasted day then. You've not just been in the car all day, you can... So, yeah, that's the best thing. I've only started doing that recently because I wanted to start making the most of being in different places. So that's my new thing. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that because if, you know, we get a a travel opportunity or a blogging opportunity you want to be in that place and making the most of your time there like you say the museums and everything because the, there is so much to see around the UK isn't there yeah it's like it's deceptive like you wouldn't have thought there's so many little places and I, I've never heard of them like ever like um, I can't remember off the top of my head but like, all the, like I'm doing a bit in North Yorkshire this week and I just look at the map and then type in like museum or something and you'll get like a little sort of tiny little museum in a little village somewhere that's only like two rooms but like I mean that one in Staffordshire I turned up there there's not heaps there but the stuff is like really interesting and because they're small like the guy was just like oh do you want a coffee and I was like yeah I'll, I'll come and buy a coffee he's like no you don't buy a coffee I just and he just went to the kettle just made a coffee bought it to me we had a wander around we chatted for an hour just think that's I love that so much nicer than sort of going to like those big places where it costs like eight quid for a coffee and just personal, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah. 
It's, it's beautiful, really, isn't it? Because I remember we went to when we went to Edinburgh, we drove up um, the full five hours, and uh, we broke up the journey, stopping at the Angel of the North, for example, in Gateshead. Um, and it was kind of weird and surreal standing there at seven o'clock in the morning with no one else there. The sun had just come up, and we had the place to ourselves. And it's normally sort of overrun with with tourists and uh, like buses and things. Um, you know, and then obviously driving uh, the coastal route up the A1, uh, going to past like Berwick and, um, you know, the, the beautiful views across the North Sea. Um, yeah, things like that, I, I can definitely relate to there. That's a, a good way to spend your time, uh, especially on the road. Um, so I suppose we've spoke, well, we've spoken about your stand-up career. We've spoken about your inspirations um, and uh, obviously getting started in stand-up. Where do you see the stand-up heading now? Do you still want to do the club scene or are you looking kind of ahead of there or where does it, where does it currently stand for you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just want to, I want to, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. And I guess that the ultimate thing is I just want to make a good living off of just doing stand-up. And if I can do that, that's brilliant. But then beyond that, you know, I've got ideas for other stuff and I love sort of making things and basically as we spoke before you know in my previous job I was a cameraman and sort of video producer and all that so I love the idea of making documentaries making tv shows and so I've got a few ideas for that and ultimately that's where I'd like it to go but in the meantime I'm just yeah, just enjoying it and I think it's good you shouldn't rush anything and just sort of just enjoy it and then just see what organically kind of happens I think if you start pushing too much and trying to open too many doors at the same time it'll all just come crashing down exactly so just stick the focus on one thing and just carry on going for it i think that's that's a good way to be uh i've got a rather uh large undertaking myself uh in a couple of months time i make my debut in stand-up comedy which some people on this channel may not know about um, what advice would you give a first-time stand-up for doing in my case it's three minutes um i'm sure people around the country would be looking at five maybe even ten minute spots what advice would you give for a stand-up going into it for the first time um i think the main thing for your first one is just don't rush because it's it's so easy to you watch people's first gigs like i weirdly i watched back a gig that i did like three years ago and you like just race through the delivery and you just need to just think whatever you whatever speed you're talking at when you're on stage slow it down again and just just relax that's the main thing don't wait for like people rush to get the laugh and then by rushing to get the laugh you diminish the laugh so it's best just to and apart from anything you're in where is it Kuala Lumpur yeah Kuala Lumpur yeah yeah how many people do you know in Kuala Lumpur eh? not many that's why I've chosen it <laughs> in that case just just enjoy it it's not it's never going to come back and bite you in the ass is it no one's unless you ever get big one day and go into a tour show in Kuala Lumpur and somebody remembers you as that guy from 10 years ago on an open mic night so they don't buy tickets you're going to be fine I'll just enjoy it the theory is that it's so far away that if I do bomb on stage no one's going to know me and no one's going to remember so it does take the pressure off it's funny to think of it like that but you know it's uh, it is like that logic really is making me feel more comfortable with actually doing the performance and you know almost I suppose tailoring my set to that part of the world as well it's a, that's the additional challenge so um, have you ever had to tailor your set to a certain audience or a certain location where you've been performing uh, 
did a gig in Middlesbrough a little while ago. I wish I'd tailored it more to them because they hated me. <laughs> but I've, well, I did a gig in Singapore once when I was, I was really new, but I was out there working. And so I thought I'd just do an open mic night while I was there. And I wrote, because I didn't realise at the time that people on the circuit did just have sort of like 10, 15 minutes of material that they just keep doing. So I wrote sort of five, 10 minutes just there about that. And it's, it's, I think it's a good exercise, but equally when you're starting out, I think it's good to just do just, even if you don't like that 10 minutes, just keep doing it. Cause you'll just like find your rhythm and your voice a little bit. And I think too many people are too keen at the moment to keep doing new stuff so like you see brand new acts saying I'm going to go and do new stuff and just think well don't just keep the stuff that you're doing and just make that really good <laughs> and then worry about putting new stuff in and all that but I think with going to that far away as well I think it's good but you've got to remember as well that you're you can fly under the radar really well in this country like you can go and do open mic nights and get actually reasonably good before anybody's heard of you. It, you know, like, you're still using your own name and all that, but again, there's a lot of people who start out, make themselves like a page, like comedian, and then they're posting weekly videos of them to performing to like three people. You think, if you just, just don't, do, just forget all that and just try and go unnoticed for as long as possible. And then when people start noticing, you go, like, oh, I've never heard of that guy. He's brand new and he's really good because they've never seen you online or anything before. I think that's the best way to do it. And you can do that here. So when you get back from Kuala Lumpur, if you still want to do it, you know, don't feel like suddenly if you do one gig here, everybody's going to know your name and that one gig will be what you're remembered for. Because people won't, like, people barely know who I am now. It's been like four years. <laughs> that's fantastic advice. And anybody listening who is thinking of trying stand-up for the first time, um, they are words to live by and words to take notice of. Um, last question actually is inspired by your uh, Edinburgh partner in crime, Mr. Mark Rowe, and that is, what is your favourite service station? Um, Gloucester's definitely up there. That's uh, my favourite. Yeah, you, you can never overlook it. Tibay? Uh, Tibay, is that how you pronounce it? I think it's, a f it's the, one with the, the one with the farm shop. Yeah, it's lovely. That's really nice. Um, that's on the web. So you've got to be very careful with that one. It's very easy to go into the truck stop before the services. And if you do that, it's ruined. Um, also, a bit of a wild card. I really like Charnock Richard. It's just got everything that I like in a service station in terms of uh, outlets. It's got Tabuli. Yeah, it, it may well have Tabuli. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Bragg, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this, there's plenty more planned in. Uh, hit the red subscribe button to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss any of them. And we'll see you next time on the next podcast. Thank you.